0: morning from Matthew 14 verses 25 to 33. Uh, Matthew 14 25 to 33. And in the fourth watch of the night he came to them walking on the sea. But when the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were terrified and said, it is a ghost. And they cried out in fear. But immediately Jesus spoke to them saying, take heart, it is I, do not be afraid. And Peter answered him, Lord, if it is you, command me to come to you on the water. He said, Come. So Peter got out of the boat and walked on the water and came to Jesus. But when he saw the wind, he was afraid and began to sink. Beginning to sink, he cried out, Lord, save me. Jesus immediately reached out his hand and took hold of him, saying to him, Oh, you of little faith, why did you doubt? And when they got into the boat, the wind ceased. And those in the boat worshipped him, saying, Truly, you are the Son of God." This is God's word. Please be seated.
1: Good morning, everybody. It's wonderful to be back. I feel familiar. It feels like I'm back at home. So. Thank you for having me. I want to begin uh, this morning's sermon from reading to you a letter to an insurance company. It says, Dear Sir, I am writing in response to your request for additional information in block number three of the accident reporting form. I put poor planning as the cause of my accident. You asked for more detailed explanation. I trust the following details will be sufficient. I am a brick layer by trade. On the day of the accident, I was working alone on the roof of a new six-story building. When I completed the work, I found that I had some bricks left over which weighed approximately 275 pounds. Rather than carrying the bricks down by hand, which would take a long time, I decided to lower them into a barrel by using a pulley system, which was attached to the side of the building on the sixth floor. Securing the rope at ground level, I went up to the roof, swung the barrel out, and loaded the bricks into it. Then I went down and untied the rope, holding it tightly, to ensure a slow descent of the 275 pounds of brakes. You will note on the accident reporting form that my weight is 160 pounds. Due to my surprise at being jerked off the ground so suddenly, I lost my presence of mind and I forgot to let go of the rope. Needless to say, I proceeded at a rapid rate up the side of the building. In the vicinity of the third floor, I met the barrel coming down. This explains the fractured skull, minor abrasions, and the broken collarbone as listed on section three of the accident reporting form. Slowed only slightly, I continued my rapid ascent not stopping until the fingers of my right hand were two knuckles deep into the pulley, which explains the wounds to my hands. Fortunately, by this time, I regained my presence of mind and I was able to hold tightly to the rope in spite of the terrible pain I was now experiencing. At approximately the same time, however, the barrel of brakes hit the ground and the bottom fell out of the barrel. Without the brakes, the barrel now weighed only 50 pounds. I again refer you to my weight of 160. I now began a rapid descent down the side of the building. In the vicinity of the third floor, I met the barrel coming up. This accounts for the two fractured ankles and the severe lacerations of my legs and lower body. Here, my luck began to change slightly. The encounter with the barrel seemed to slow me down enough to lessen my injuries when I fell into the pile of bricks, and fortunately, only three vertebrae were cracked. I am sorry to report, however, as I laid there on the pile of bricks in pain, unable to move, and watching the empty barrel six stories above me, I again lost my presence of mind and I let go of the rope. I sat there looking up as the barrel began its descent, which explains my concussion. Needless to say, as I sat there with the barrel on top of my face, I told myself that I will never attempt to do the job alone again. I had a really bad day. Thank you. So I I read that story, and I asked myself, have I ever had a bad day like that? Maybe not as serious, maybe not as uh, unlucky. But as I think about my life, and I'm sure as you think about your life, there have been times in your life when you had also a really bad day. Perhaps it wasn't even just a day. Perhaps it was a really bad week or for some of you, a few bad months. And not surprisingly, there are people who've had a few bad years. The reality in life is that we will face tough times. We will go through problems, we will go through crises, and we will have many bad days. But the question is, what happens to our faith when we go through tough times? Our sermon today, I called it "Faith during the storm." And I want to draw upon the fact that each one of us, we will go through tough times. But the question is, when we go through tough times, what happens with our faith? Now, I'm sure most of you have heard by now right now about Hurricane Dorian that's been causing so many problems in the Bahamas in Florida, and Florida and the whole area. And, and what I want to think about is this question how would you feel i mean how would you feel if it was one of your homes that was destroyed by the hurricane i mean where would you be right now if for example you were from the bahamas and 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 one day you know cruise ship people are coming to to your your neighborhood for a vacation because they tell you that your home is is the one of the best places to visit and you love your city. And then you realize, not too many months later, that your entire neighborhood has been destroyed by this hurricane. How would you feel if you were a devout Christian before the storm, and then you see your, your livelihood, all your, your, your savings, your belongings all destroyed? What, is, what, do you, what goes on in your head during those tough times? Today I want to ask, and I want us to think about, how we can keep our faith strong in times of trouble. And and the way I want to do that actually is to look through three chapters. Uh, We're gonna skim through three stories from the book of Matthew. From Matthew 14, 15, and 16, uh, the author of Matthew does a really good job of highlighting faith. And in Matthew 16, there's going to be a really important turning point in Jesus's ministry that really deals with faith. And so we're going to go through each one of these three stories together to try to answer this question of how do we have a strong faith during tough times? So as we begin, the first question is, first of all, what is faith? What is the biblical explanation of what faith is? in hebrews chapter 11 we are told what faith is faith is confidence in what we hope for and assurance about what we do not see that is the definition of faith the christian faith is the belief in the one true god that we believe in the trinity that jesus christ is god the son And so the first passage I want to take a look at is Matthew 14. If you have your Bibles, if you've been there already, let's take a look at Matthew 14, 25. Victor did a wonderful job of reading this earlier. The Bible says that shortly before dawn, Jesus went out to them, okay, walking on the lake. When the disciples saw him walking on the lake, they were terrified. It's a ghost, they said, and cried out in fear. So you can imagine the disciples, they, they're looking out into the boat and they see Jesus walking on the water. Okay? And if you saw someone walking on the water, you would be scared as well. Okay, And then Jesus said, uh, said to them, take courage, it is I, don't be afraid. And then we see Peter, okay? Peter is one of the most interesting characters of the Bible. Uh, later on, he's going to be uh, one of the strongest leaders of the church. And you can tell already that he's got this this personality where he's always, you know, he's in the front. He sometimes gets himself into trouble. And here he's again taking the lead. He says to Jesus, okay, you know, Jesus, if it's really you, tell me to come to you on the water. He's a brave man. He's got faith in Jesus. He says, Jesus, let me come out to you. And Jesus says, come. So Peter gets out of the boat, which was probably pretty scary. He gets out on the boat, he steps on the water. He walks out to the water towards Jesus. And, and I think there are times when we can relate to Jesus, uh, to re- relate to Peter. There are times when we have a really strong faith, we get excited, we get encouraged, uh, we feel really motivated, and, and we're on fire for God. And we really want to do great things for God, and, and we go forward, we take a step on the water. Um, and then some things happen. There's some obstacles that, that, that comes ahead of us, and then and then we we, we get discouraged. Okay. So for, for Peter, he gets out there, but then the Bible says that Peter sees the wind. Okay, how do you see the wind? You actually don't actually see the wind itself. But you see the effects of the wind okay he probably saw the water waves moving around he might have seen some trees uh, with the leaves blowing he probably looked down and saw that whoa i'm standing on water and he starts to sink and he cries out lord save me he has a crisis and the first point that i want to highlight today is how do you handle your faith when you're dealing with a crisis a crisis can occur any time okay it is usually unexpected that's why they call it a crisis okay it could be something with with health it could be maybe with us, your own health or a relative's health or a friend's health or it could be financially connected and maybe you lost your job or um, something happens to your house that, there's a root problems. It could be relationship issues. Uh, so many different crises can occur. Okay? There's a long list of them, but the fact is when a crisis hits, it's devastating. It's unexpected and, and our faith gets shaken. Okay? One minute you're really strong and you're happy and you're walking along with God and everything seems fine and then a crisis occurs. And you start to wonder, okay, God, what's going on? Where are you? Are you listening to my prayers? Well, how about this one, God? Why did you allow this to happen? Okay, these are questions that we all ask when we go through a crisis. And, and we look at the passage here. We see Peter. Peter, he's he's right there. He's looking at Jesus. He's doing fine. He's walking along, but then he sees the wind. Okay. And and the fact is, for Peter, when he was looking at Jesus, he was doing fine. It's only when he took his eyes off Jesus and he looked at the storm that he started to sink. And that's an important lesson right there. Because many times we should be looking at Jesus in the midst of the storm, but instead we we take our eyes off him, and then we start to panic. And then later we hear in the passage in verse 31, Jesus sees Peter panicking. He reaches out and he catches him. And then he says to him, You of little faith, why did you doubt? And when they climbed into the boat, the wind died down. Then those who were in the boat worshipped him, saying, Truly you are the Son of God. You see, Jesus wanted Peter to keep his eyes on him. And he says to Peter, he actually chastises him. and says, where was your faith? Why did you doubt? You were actually walking on the water, coming towards me, when you were looking at me. But you took your eyes off from me. And, and the reality is that for you and I, our faith will be tested. Every single day, your faith is tested. No Christian ever avoids being tested because that's what happens in life we will face crisis in fact believe it or not if you look at your bibles from the book of genesis we look at how adam and eve were tested in the garden of eden you look further in the bible you see noah and noah's faith is tested whether or not he would believe that this flood is really going to come you look at abraham his faith is tested about his son and you look along at Isaac and Jacob and King David and Solomon and all the prophets and you realize that every character in the Bible, their faith is tested. And it keeps on going. Look at what happens to Jesus before his ministry. Why did Jesus spend 40 days in the wilderness? Because he was being tested. And, and the reality is that all of us as Christians, our faith is tested. And the reason why it is tested is because after our faith is tested our faith is stronger. And that's what we have to realize that when we go through tough times that's not the time to give up. That's not the time to question God's uh, love for us. That's the time to realize it's when I am learning that I'm being strengthened. You know for the apostle Peter one of the most important things for him is that he learned from all the crises that he went through, okay? Later, Peter will deny Christ. He will deny him three times, and he will feel tremendous guilt, but Jesus will restore him. And so the reason why we are tested, why we go through crisis, is this. The Apostle Peter, near the end of his life, he will write this to all the believers. He says, in all of this you greatly rejoice, though now for a little while you may have had to suffer grief in all kinds of trials. You see, Peter knows he's gone through his whole life with his faith being tested, and he's survived on the other end with a stronger faith. And he says, these have come so that the proven genuineness of your faith, of greater worth than gold, which perishes even though we find by fire, may result in praise, glory, and honor when Jesus Christ is revealed. The fact is, when your faith is being tested, is you are being strengthened for the future. Yes, it will, be, it will be tested. Sometimes you will feel tremendous stress and pain when you're being tested, but it will be strengthened afterwards. You know, Peter uses a great illustration here about your faith greater worth than gold refined find by fire. Why does he say that? He says that because during those times when they used to mine for gold, they don't just find one big piece of gold. They find a big piece of rock with a little bit of gold in it. And what they would have to do is they would have to refine it by fire to burn away all the impurities, all the things that's not gold and afterwards what's left is the pure gold that they are looking for and what peter is saying here is that yes when you go through a trial by 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 whatever you're going through it will be painful but afterwards your faith will be strengthened so you may be going through a crisis in your life right now but i want to encourage you do not give up your faith will be stronger when it's over So that's the first one, dealing with crisis. The second one I want to cover is what do you do when you face disappointment? Disappointment is something that I think many of us go through. For my children, you know, what they're disappointed in is something usually less, okay? For example, my kids, they play video games. They play video games and they're having fun. And then, you know, they're laughing and they're they're having a lot of fun. And then I hear suddenly they get upset you know, usually because their character just got shot or something bad happens and they lose the game. And they're disappointed. And then they get upset and angry. Okay. For you, I don't know what disappoints you. Maybe because your team loses. Or maybe it could be something more serious. Uh, maybe something happens at work or your job. Or uh, maybe your, your friends disappoint you. Or your spouse says they'll do something and they never do it. Who knows? Okay. But the fact is we all get disappointed in our lives stuff will happen but how do we do that how do we handle our faith when something like that happens well later on matthew 15 in the next chapter we see a story this is a story of a single mother she's a canaanite and she looks to jesus to help her with her life so matthew 15:22. let me read to you this passage a canaanite This is uh, someone that wasn't Jewish, who was from the land of Canaan. From that uh, vicinity came to him, crying out, Lord, son of David, have mercy on me. My daughter is demon-possessed and suffering terribly. Jesus did not answer a word. So his disciples came to him and urged him, Send her away, for she keeps crying out after us. You see, the disciples said that because they themselves were prejudiced against the people from Canaan. They didn't like them. They thought that they were some kind of a second-class citizen. So they wanted Jesus to send him, to send her away. So Jesus answered, I was sent only to the lost sheep of Israel. So how would you feel if you were that Canaanite woman? To say that you were disappointed is probably an understatement, right? You go to Jesus, you've got no one else to depend on. Your daughter is is suffering terribly. You hear about Jesus, you go to him. and, And instead of helping you, Jesus says, I was sent only to the lost sheep of Israel. I mean, there's a grave disappointment right there. But thankfully, that's not the end of the story. So the women came and knelt before him, Lord, help me. And this is Jesus' reply. I remember the first time I read this Bible passage, I was kind of shocked at what Jesus says. It wasn't what you expect. Jesus didn't say, you know, I'm going to help you. He says this, it is not right to take the children, meaning the people of Israel, the children's bread and toss it to the dogs, okay, who are the dogs? Those are the Canaanites, okay, he's actually referring to the woman as a dog. So this is wow, you know, can you imagine how shocked she was, how disappointed she was, but yet she doesn't give up, and there's a reason why Jesus does this, because Jesus wanted to make a strong lesson here, okay, this is what she says yes it is my lord even the dogs eat the crumbs that fall from their master's table then jesus said to her "Woman, you have great faith your request is granted and her daughter was healed at that moment you see there's a lot of things that jesus really wanted to show from that example first of all he wanted to make sure that her faith was genuine That she wasn't just going to run away and go to the next uh, uh, prophet, okay? But he wanted to make sure that uh, her faith was real and genuine, and it was. And so he rewards her and he helps her. And Jesus also wanted to show his followers, especially his disciples, that anyone, regardless of their background, what country they came from, who they were, their status in life, he wanted to show them that his love was available that even though she was a canaanite that he accepted her faith and that he was going to help her and the fact is for us there are times when we will be disappointed and that we may feel that our faith is pointless but that's the time when we remember that jesus will always be there for us that no matter what we're going through that he will be there That even though other people may reject us may not want to help us that Jesus will always be there for us the fact is there are times when we may feel our faith is pointless but the Bible says that our faith will be rewarded that whatever we're going through that we will be rewarded for our faith let me give you an illustration of this a while ago there was a a young surfer, her name was Bethany Hamilton. She was famous because at eight years old, even though she wasn't old enough, she joined this competition for surfing in Hawaii. And she won both the longboard and the short bird competition at just eight years old. She was one of the most promising surfers um, that they ever had. But what happened was when she was 13, There was a shock attack when she was surfing, and her left arm was completely taken away. She lost 60% of her blood by the time she made it to the hospital, but she survived. During the time that she was was out, she really wondered this question, where is God? She had a strong faith in Jesus, she believed in God, and this happened, and this is what she thought. She said, my life wasn't supposed to be like this. This was not what I expected. But people prayed for her. She spent time with her pastor, her family, and her faith in God was strengthened. And she was able to overcome. She went back to surfing, won many championships, and still has a strong faith in God. This is one thing that that she says. She said, life is like surfing. When you get caught in the impact zone, that's part of the, the surfing vocabulary, is you need to get right because you never know what's over the next wave. And if you have faith in anything, it is possible. Anything can be possible. You see, she's quoting from Jesus. But Jesus says that anything is possible if you have faith in me. And the lesson that I I get from Bethany Hamilton is that when your life is disappointing, when you go through crisis, keep your faith in Jesus. He will be there. He will help you. He made this promise to you and me. He said, come to me, all who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me. For I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest. For your souls so we need to be able to have strong faith during times of crisis and during times of disappointment and finally my last point today we need to have a strong sense of faith when we deal with fear so i've been talking about matthew 14 and matthew 15 about faith what happens is now we go to matthew 16 and we recognize the in matthew 16 Peter will recognize that Jesus is the Messiah. His faith has been building up. He's seen Jesus perform all these miracles. And he sees Jesus do all these things. And in Matthew 16, 16, he goes to Jesus and says, Jesus, you are the Messiah, the Son of the living God. And then Jesus, from this point on, he says, you get it. Peter, you finally get it, all of you. You realize that I'm the Messiah. And then he turns around, and this is what happens in Matthew 16, verse 21. From that time on, Jesus began to explain to his disciples that he must go to Jerusalem and suffer many things at the hands of the elders, the chief priests, and the teachers of the law, and that he must be killed and on the third day be raised to life. So imagine you're one of the disciples. You spend all this time getting to know Jesus. You place your faith in him. You finally realize he's the Messiah. He says, yes, I'm the Messiah. And then he says, I'm gonna go to Jerusalem now and I'm gonna be killed. So they're like, what? What do you mean? This is not supposed to happen. What are you talking about? And then to make things worse, in verse 24, Jesus says to his disciples, Whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves, take up their cross, and follow me. For whoever wants to save their life will lose it, but whoever loses their life for me will find it. These are the steps that Jesus made. He recognized, he wanted his disciples to recognize that he was the Messiah. Okay. He then tells them he's going to die on the cross and the price he had to pay TO ATONE FOR HUMANITY'S SINFULNESS AND THEN HE TELLS THEM that, THAT THEY WOULD HAVE TO PAY THE PRICE THEMSELVES BY BEARING THEIR CROSS AND THEN JESUS DIES on THE CROSS. HE WANTED TO PREPARE THEM FOR THE FEAR THAT HE KNEW THAT THEY WOULD BE FACING. LET ME SAY THAT AGAIN. HE WANTED THEM TO BE PREPARED FOR THE FEAR THAT HE KNEW THAT THEY WOULD BE FACING. And in Matthew 26, we see that happen. When Jesus is arrested in Jerusalem, the disciples desert him, and they flee. And the reality is, you and I, we get afraid pretty easily. Things happen in our lives, and we get afraid. We become afraid, and there's fear and that that hurts our lives, that hurts our walk with God, and we face it. In fact, fear is such a problem that people have a long list of names for fears. There's actually a list of names of fears. Let me show that to you, okay? There's something called arachnophobia. It's the fear of spiders. Anyone have that? Okay, I know a lot of people. Okay, we have one there, but There's also something called the fear of failure, all right? There's also dentophobia. Dentophobia is of people who are afraid of dentists. Any dentists here? No? Okay. There's also the fear of parents-in-law. That's right. There's a word for that. Okay, I have no idea why they have that. Okay. There's the fear of flying. Okay, John Madden is probably the most famous person that has the fear of flying. There is something called ergophobia, the fear of work. Okay, it's a very common one. All right. There's, believe it or not, a fear of church. Okay, ecclesiophobia. I mean on my own. Fear of church committee meetings, okay? Anyone have that one, all right? There's actually something called, I can't even pronounce that, okay? A fear of long words, okay? Very long word. There's a fear of opinions, okay? So you have to hide yourself from everybody. There is probably my favorite, the fear of sermons, okay? But the fact is here, no one else has that, right? Okay. It's easy to be afraid. We get afraid we get scared and we wonder okay why am i suffering why am i feeling all this pain but we need to be prepared for it we're afraid to suffer we don't want to suffer but we do that's part of life all right it's easy to be afraid you see here's the point that jesus wanted all of us to get yes he wants us to know that he's the messiah he wanted us to know that he would die on the cross and that that he they would pay the price and he knew that they would fall away by running away. But then, here's the key point. After they ran away, Jesus comes back, he rises from the dead, he goes to Peter and the rest of the disciples, he forgives them for running away. And then he gives them the charge with the Great Commission. And so the fact is, okay, you and I, we will know fear we will have to suffer in life that's part of being a christian we will suffer we will have to carry our cross but jesus rose from the dead and because of the risen christ we will never be alone we will never be alone that's the promise that he gives us that we will go through life we will not be alone that he be with us every step of the way the fact is in this world Hatred will tire us out, but Jesus will give us love. Lust may wear us out, but Jesus gives us purity. Revenge may eat us up, but Jesus gives us reconciliation. Pride never satisfies, but Jesus gives us peace. We all have burdens, but Jesus gives us real rest. And there are times when we all want to give up, but Jesus will never give up on you. And so I want to encourage you today. You will know fear. You will have to carry your cross, but you will never be alone, and you will persevere. The Bible passage that Bethany Hamilton was referring to was from Matthew 17, 20. Truly, I tell you, if you have faith as small as a mustard seed, you can say no to this mountain, move from here to there, and it will move. Nothing will be impossible for you. And as we close today in summary let me say i may not know what crisis you're going through in your life i don't know what pain or what doubts that you may have but i do know that you are not alone that when you deal with crises or disappointments or with fear i want to encourage you to stay committed to jesus christ and that when you are finished with the crisis that your faith will be stronger your relationship with Christ will be even stronger, and he will never leave you alone. And let me close with this final illustration. There was an old comic strip that I really like called Peanuts with Charlie Brown. And there's two characters, brothers and sisters, Linus and Lucy. Lucy's the older sister. One time, she goes to him and says, switch the channel. I want to watch my program. And she says, what, that's what he he replies, what makes you think that you can just walk right in here and take over? And he was watching it first, right? You know, what's going on? This is what Lucy says to him. You see, these five fingers, individually, they're nothing. But when I curl them together like this in a single unit, they form a weapon that is terrible to behold." And then you see him changing the channel. And then his last line, he says, he looks at his own fingers and says, why can't you guys get organized like that? The reality, though, is that as a Christian church, Jesus told us to help each other out. And if you look at the disciples as an example, when they were afraid and they ran away and they finally got back together again, they had a choice. They could have blamed each other. They could have attacked each other and said, why did you run away? Or Peter, why did you deny deny Christ? And John could have said, why weren't any of you guys at the crucifixion with me? I mean, there were so many things they could have said to attack each other. But instead of doing that, they united together, and they supported each other. And then that early church was able to survive. The fact is, you and I, we need to truly support each other through our crisis. That it may be just a saying that we have, oh, we are a church family. But to truly be a church family, we must bear each other's burdens, and we must be able to care and lift each other up. And so the reality is, how do we overcome the storms of life, keep your faith in Jesus, but stay connected within the church community? Your faith is not something that's alone. Our faith is something that we have together to be strengthened as we follow Jesus Christ. Let's bow our heads as we pray together. Heavenly Father, we come before you this morning AND FOR MANY OF US, WE MAY BE HAVING A CRISIS IN OUR FAITH. WE MAY BE HAVING DOUBTS, WE MAY BE GOING THROUGH crises. WE MAY BE GOING THROUGH DISAPPOINTMENTS, AND WE MAY HAVE FEARS. BUT WHATEVER THESE MAY BE, WE PRAY THAT YOU GIVE US THE STRENGTH AND THE WISDOM TO PERSEVERE, TO KNOW THAT AS WE GO THROUGH THESE TRIALS, THAT WE WILL BE STRONGER ON THE OTHER SIDE. Father, help us to always remember that we are never alone as we go through these crises. Help us to stay connected, to be committed to you, to learn from what the Bible says about having faith. And Father, we also pray as a church that here at CFC that we truly be a church of family people that loves and cares for one another. That when one of us is suffering, that we will encourage one another, that we will strengthen one another. And Father, we ask that the Holy Spirit works in our lives and strengthen us so that whatever happens in our lives, that we will stay committed to you because of your love and your grace. Give us a strong faith in you. We pray in the name of Jesus Christ, our Savior. Amen. Let's stand together as we sing our song of response. Let's stand together.